are listening to This Morning. Now then, 8.12, the Education Ministry has unveiled its final draft of state-authored history textbooks this week after reflecting a total of 760 opinions for revisions it received from the public online. But it's drawing even stronger opposition from civic groups and educators who say the new textbooks still have hundreds of factual errors and distort the truth. Let's invite on the line Professor Donald Baker from the Centre for Korean Research at the University of British Columbia in Canada. Thank you for joining us. Good morning. Great to have you with us. And just to remind our listeners who perhaps didn't catch you the last time you were here, you were among the 154 foreign scholars of Korean studies who released a statement opposing the state-designated history textbooks when the plan was initially announced in 2015. And the ministry did scrap its original plan to implement the government's textbook starting this year, but still plans to go ahead from 2018. What do you make of this persistence, even under the impeached President Puckenhay? Well, she's not giving up. I mean, my problem with the textbook is obviously is intended to glorify her, her father, or at least to cover up some of the warts in her father's record. And she's not going to go down without a fight, as we know in, with the impeachment process as well. So she wants to leave behind a history textbook that puts her father in a better light than many historians would want to give him. You found bias in these textbooks based on what you'd seen last time we spoke to you. What's your view now that there have been some changes, but many are criticizing the books for not going far enough? Yeah, I've been reading online about the changes, and there are some changes, but there's still problems. For example, the emphasis is still on Pock's economic accomplishments, which are real, but downplaying his human rights abuses. Or for the Kwangju massacre, which I feel very deeply about, they don't, I'm told they don't even mention that Chen Duhuan and No Tae were, were jailed for their involvement in that massacre. And if they don't put that in the textbook, then people wonder... Uh, maybe the people in Guangzhou deserve what happened to them, right? So you need to put you need to put that information in there for these young students to know that it was a crime what happened in Guangzhou in 1980. Same thing with Cheju massacre of, of um, it'd be called the April 3rd incident when about 30,000 people were killed. And I'm told the textbook still implies it was primarily a communist uprising, which really there were communists involved, but that's a distortion of the overall uprising. They called it a communist uprising. So there are still distortions in the, in this textbook. And what are the dangers of, of trying to downplay what are perhaps known as controversial events, like what you've just mentioned in the April 3rd Jeju uprising? Well, I mean, I'm, a, I'm an historian, so I believe that if you don't learn what happened in the past, the mistakes that were made in the past, you might make similar mistakes in the future. I don't think there's going to be another Kwangju massacre or Jeju massacre again in South Korea's future. But nonetheless, it's really important to have a clear understanding of the mistakes that have been made it gives you a clear picture of where to go in the future. So how should we deal with the controversy surrounding this apparent ideological bias, whether this is published by a, a government or by private publishers, when we come across these claims? It's particularly problematic in Korea, where students basically memorize the textbooks. I mean, I try to teach history, to teach students critical thinking. They try to evaluate competing claims. But that doesn't work in an environment when students just want to memorize in preparation for the entrance exam to university. Uh, 
But the one good news, of course, is that there will be other textbooks available now. The government's not going to require every school to use only their book. But they are setting the guidelines for those other books. I haven't seen those guidelines yet, but I'm assuming they will also have a bias. So what we're going to get is a generation of young Korean students getting a, a, a right-wing biased view of, of, of modern uh, Korean history. I'd rather have them have a more balanced view. So the impact at this point with so much distrust and so much attention on these textbooks, what do you anticipate students, teachers and parents to think? Well, I think there'll be a lot of pressure on schools to use the books that the um, Minister of Education says can be published by private publishers to compete with this government textbook. And I think you'll find a lot of, a lot of parents not, uh, putting, telling their schools, don't teach my kids from this textbook. <laughs> so, um, so I think we'll, we'll, we're going to have to wait and see what kind of textbooks the government allows to compete with its own textbook. And we'll know that in about six months, I'm told. Yeah, I mean, particularly for high schoolers, obviously parents are going to want to make sure that their kids pass the exam at the end of all this. Um, in your opinion, what is ideal history education and how should textbooks be used? Well, I think the textbooks really should introduce historical controversies and give arguments on both sides and give the evidence so students can figure it out for themselves. Let's take the example of the current President Park's father. I mean, when I teach about him, it's difficult because he... He, he did modernize the Korean economy, so we have to tell the good things that he did. But he also was a dictator, uh, and he jailed innocent people, and they were tortured. Um, so you have to tell both sides, and then the students themselves can decide uh, whether Park overall was good for Korea, or overall pushed Korea backwards. And um, the, the textbook should not make their, their minds up for them. Students should be taught how to think, how to evaluate evidence, and, and make uh, own minds based on that evidence, rather than having a textbook that tells them this is the truth, this is it, that's all there is. That's not a, healthy for a democracy. Is it realistic to expect the government here just to abandon the use of state-authored textbooks altogether at this point? No, not now. They've done it before. I think once we have a new president, <laughs> which not that long, we're not sure exactly when it's going to be, right? But depending on how the impeachment goes, I think the next administration uh, will go back to the policy that was in effect until last year or so uh, of allowing uh, private publishers to publish textbooks and schools to choose among them. Uh, that, that's a sign of a democratic country. And I think Korea is basically a democratic country. So I think we will see that policy once Park geun and her government are out of the way. I think we'll see a return to a more democratic high school education. Whatever we think, these books are going to be used by at least some students as early as this year in these you know, research schools that are going to be used to, to test it out. And um, when we look at the quality of these books, not just the, the factual errors, but it took just a little more than a year for the final version to be revealed. Some are suggesting that these have been just rushed through. Is, is it normal to spend that period of time? Depends if they were building on previous textbooks. But my understanding is there's still uh, gets a couple of hundred factual errors in there, so that means they rushed because uh, a history textbook, the, you know, facts are important in history. <laughs> uh, we shouldn't have alternative facts, as they now say in the U.S. You have you know facts backed up by evidence, and if they they must have rushed through it because historians usually want to be careful. So these people must have felt under pressure to get it out quicker than they normally would have, which is why there are still factual errors in mm. the textbook. I mean, one example that perhaps doesn't distort history, but 
It certainly undermines the quality of the books when you've got the independence fighter An Chung Ho, uh, a photo described as being uh, taken in 1912 in San Francisco, but actually was three years later in Hawaii. Things like that surely just leave a bitter taste. And they also make you know a thinking student will wonder how much of the rest of the book can they actually trust. Yeah, that's why you don't want to make those kind of simple factual errors. Even if, even though it doesn't have political connotations, it does, as you mentioned. It will make the students think. Well, if that's wrong, how many other things in this textbook are wrong? And you don't want to do that. You want what you want to do is have accurate information, and sometimes on both sides of an issue, and then have the students be able to evaluate that and make their own decision. Re- giving them wrong information, giving them only one side is bad enough, but giving them wrong information discredits your whole argument. So they should have taken more time. I don't like the idea of a government author textbook anyway, but if you're going to do it, take more time to get everything right. Um, the, the other thing is the government has announced standards for writing history textbooks for private publishers. They'll only have about six months to put them together, which creates the possibility of mistakes in private books as well. Yes, it definitely does. And again, maybe some of the publishers will take books they, they used before when they had permission in the past to publish textbooks and just update them a bit. But I don't, I don't know what these guidelines say. You know, the guidelines probably are going to you know, force publishers to toe the government line in many ways. And so, and then and six months doesn't give you much time to navigate between the government guidelines and what you feel is the actual history. So that is, that is rushing things. And there probably are going to be some factual errors in there. Well, I'm, I know you and others will be keeping an eye on this and, and helping to keep the process honest, but it could take some time, obviously, for us to reap the benefits of that kind of scrutiny. Professor Baker, thanks for joining us today. Nice to talk with you. Professor Donald Baker from the University of British Columbia.